واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Indeed all praise is due to Allah and as such we should praise him seek his help and seek refuge in Allah from the evil which is within ourselves and the evil which results from our deeds for whomsoever Allah has guided none can misguide and whomsoever Allah has allowed to go astray none can guide and i bear witness that there is no god worthy of worship but Allah and that muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the last messenger of allah inna asdaqal hadith kitabullah wa khayra hadi hadi muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa sharral umuri muhdathatuha wa kullu muhdathatin bid'ah wa kullu bid'atin dalalah wa kullu dalalatin fi an-nar Indeed the most truthful form of speech is the book of Allah and the best source of guidance the guidance brought by Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the worst of all affairs are the innovations in religion for every innovation in religion is a cursed innovation cursed innovations are sources of misguidance and all misguidance leads to hell brothers and sisters allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the quran rarely repeats verses word for word however in those few places where we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has repeated a verse it means that he is putting grave and serious emphasis on it one of those places one of those few places where verses are repeated word for word and i should say that there are verses that are repeated but the wording changes and with the changing of the wording other aspects of the meaning are brought out there are many like those but the places where he repeats the same words he is putting special emphasis and in one of those few places we find in surah an-nisa verse 171 and surah al-maidah verse 77 where allah says there ya ahla al-kitab la taghlu fi dinikum o people of the book of the scripture do not be extreme in your religion Do not be extreme in your religion. Of course, we know that the address Ahlul Kitab addresses fundamentally the people of Musa alayhi salam 
who received the Torah. And the people of Isa السلام, who received the Injil. These are the major two revelations of Islam <clears throat> which historically were close to the final revelation. And their scriptures were preserved, the message was preserved better than we can find in the other scriptures of the various other nations, whether Hindu scriptures or Buddhist scriptures or others, Confucianist scriptures, etc. So, Allah addresses the Jews and the Christians. Do not exceed the limits in your religion. And as a general principle, we know that whenever Allah speaks about the errors found in other nations, the Qur'an fundamentally is directed towards the believers. So when Allah addresses the disbelievers, those who have not accepted the message, and speaks about their errors, He is in fact warning the believers so as not to fall into the same errors. That is the purpose. In Surah Al-Fatiha, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us to say 17 times every day, غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ We know الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ Those on whom is Allah's anger or displeasure. That refers to the Jews. وَلَا الدَّالِّينَ And not those who have gone astray. We know that that refers to the Christians. And this is not a opinion, an opinion which some scholar of tafsir had. This is the explanation given by Prophet Muhammad wasallam. So each day in our daily prayers, when we recite Surah Al-Fatiha, we ask Allah to put us on the path of those who were blessed. Not the path of the Jews and the Christians. The Jews, path of the Jews, because Allah was displeased with them. They had the clear message, but they refused to follow it. So Allah's anger is upon them. Nor the path of the Christians who did not have the clear message. It was originally revealed along with Prophet Isa, 
But by the time Christianity came into existence, the true message of Jesus was lost. Another religion was created known as Christianity. So they had no revelation, guidance. They did have some bits and pieces, but the revelation, the gospel of Jesus, lost. So they were lost. They didn't have knowledge to follow. So in our daily prayers, we are enjoined to be on the path of those who are blessed. Surat al-Mustaqeem. Surat al-Mustaqeem is the path of those who have knowledge and apply it. Unlike the Jews who had knowledge and didn't apply it. And not the path of those who had no knowledge like the Christians. Because they sought knowledge. As Prophet Muhammad had said, Talabul ilmi farida ala kulli Muslim. Seeking knowledge is compulsory for every Muslim. So he or she would not be among the dalun, those astray, because of ignorance. So, when Allah addressed the Christians and the Jews, do not be extreme in your religion. La taghlu fi dinikum. He was addressing issues which both of them had, which sent them astray. Al ghulu fi din, religious extremism. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was warning the believers to not fall into the same trap that the Christians and the Jews had done. Prophet Muhammad put it in clear terms, directed at the Muslims, saying, Iyakum wal ghulu fi din. Fa'innama halaka man kana qablakum bil ghulu fi din. Iyakum wal ghuluwa fi din. Beware of religious extremism. For certainly those before you were destroyed because they went to extremes in their religion. And he also said, the hadith authentically reported in Sahih Muslim. Halaka al-mutanatti'oon Those who are extreme in religion will destroy themselves. They will be destroyed. Destroyed in the sense that the goal of life, paradise, would be lost. That is the ultimate destruction. They may in this world have large palaces and skyscrapers and cars and 
technology, etc. But they are destroyed. And of course, that destruction becomes manifest even in spite of all of the pleasures and trappings of this world. Instead, we are enjoined to be in the middle. Not leaning to one side or to the other. Allah describes us in the Quran as the middle nation. He said in Surah Al-Baqarah verse 143, In that way, I have made you a middle nation. In order that you would be witnesses against humankind. For when they are brought up on the day of judgment and questioned about the extremes that they went to, and they will claim we didn't know, the Muslim nation will be called up as a witness against them that the middle path was propagated. It was present. Knowledge of it was available. We would be those witnesses. And the Prophet ﷺ had mentioned hadith where he went into the details of it happening, describing the events of the Day of Judgment. So, Islam is that middle road. The balanced road. Neither imbalanced because it is leaning to one side or to the other. It is a balanced path which is fundamentally made easy by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَ Allah wishes for you ease. He does not wish for you difficulty. As he said, the religion is fundamentally easy. Easy if we have knowledge of it and we follow it. Prophet Muhammad had said, Inna dina yusrun. Indeed, the religion is easy. وَلَنْ يُشَادَّ الدِّينَ أَحَدٌ إِلَّا غَلَبًا And anyone who becomes severe and extreme in it will be overcome by it. الدِّينُ يُسْرُ So we see in the time of Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. The occasion when three of his companions came to the wives of Prophet Muhammad ﷺ and asked about the nature of the Prophet's ibadah, his worship. How did he used to worship Allah? So when the wives described to them 
how the Prophet ﷺ used to worship. They said, MashaAllah, the Prophet ﷺ has his sins of the past and the future forgiven. So he basically could take it easy. We who have no guarantee of sins of the past and the future forgiven must do more and do work harder. So one of them said, I will pray all night. I will not sleep. I will stay up every night in prayer. And another said, I will fast and not break my fast. And the third said, women are such a distraction in this world, I will not have anything to do with women. I will not marry. When the Prophet ﷺ returned home and the wives informed him of what these people had asked and what they had said, he called the people together and he said, Wallahi inni akhshakum la akhshakum lillah. By Allah, I fear Allah more than any of you. And I'm more conscious of Him than any of you. But I fast and I break my fast. I pray and I sleep at night. And I marry women. فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي And whoever desires a way other than mine or prefers another way besides mine is not a follower of me. He's not one of my followers. <coughs> so, Prophet Muhammad had stressed to the believers that we must maintain the path that he had set. Regardless of what we might think, if he prayed no more than 11 raka'at, at night in Ramadan. Why are we doing 20? And preferring 20? Yes, we can do 20. It's permissible. But if he was the best of examples, and that's what he did, we have to ask ourselves, why is it we are so keen on doing 20? And we will fight and argue and all go... This question, every Ramadan people come, should we be doing 20 or should we be doing 11? Every Ramadan. No matter what answers are given, people still keep coming. Every Ramadan. From the time I accepted Islam in 1972 till now, every Ramadan I hear this same question asked. <laughs> Why? Because people are caught up in tradition. That's what we were used to doing. That's what our parents did. 
That's what the community does. But if this is what Rasulullah did, it's in Sahih al-Bukhari, it's in Sahih Muslim, can we not just say, khalas, enough, and just go with what he gave? It's easier. Nobody's going to argue that it's not easier. 11 is not easier than 20. Nobody will argue that point. But yet, we insist. And we say, those people who are insisting on 11 are extreme. But we have to ask ourselves, that's just one example. And most of the problems that we have, that people discuss about fasting, Ramadan, etc., you will see them all falling into these categories. Extreme views. Where we end up in extreme acts. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring us back to the Surat al-Mustaqeem. To once again become the Ummah Wasata, the middle nation. I ask Allah to forgive our extreme practices and views of the past and to bring us back to the way of Rasulullah sallallahu I ask him to bless that way and to make it clear for us and to keep us firmly on that path. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل دم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله all praise is due to Allah and may Allah's peace and blessings be on the last messenger of Allah. In terms of our prayers in Ramadan, we have three names that we commonly hear. Qiyamul Layl, Taraweeh, Tahajjud. Know, my brothers and sisters, that they are one and the same. They are one and the same. Know that the sunnah of Rasulullah after Salat al-Isha was to sleep. And to get up later in the last third of the night and to pray tahajjud qiyamul layl taraweeh this was the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam inside of ramadan and outside of ramadan this was his sunnah the fact that we have changed this and made it into something else and it has become so commonplace that nobody even questions it. It doesn't change the fact that that was the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So if we are able to do that, then know that it is better. If we are unable, and we do what everybody does, praying taraweeh after Isha, that's like praying tahajjud immediately after Isha, then know it is inferior. Yes, it's done in Mecca. Now we see it every night on the television. But it is inferior. Because any way which was not the way of Rasulullah has to be inferior to the way of Rasulullah That goes without saying. This is not an extreme view. It is the middle path which the Prophet ﷺ took. Yes, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, when he feared that he would miss his witr, his tahajjud, his night prayer, he used to pray it after Aisha. That was Abu Bakr. But Omar, Uthman and Ali prayed it after getting up. Umar ibn al-Khattab did not gather the people immediately after Isha and start praying 20 rak'at. As some people would have us think, this is not true. This is not authentic that he did that. What is authentically narrated is that he gathered them to do 11 rak'at. And that gathering, as he did, as the Prophet ﷺ did, was later in the night after sleep. There are a few masjids around Doha that do this. Qiyamul Layl, what they call Qiyamul Layl, from the first day of Ramadan. Some people say, this is bid'ah, this is innovation. Whoever heard of Qiyamul Layl from the first day of Ramadan? See, what has happened? The sunnah of Rasulullah because people have been deluded due to different names given to the same thing and customary practices in their regions that when some people try to bring back alive the sunnah people said they're innovating this is the ignorance this is what has happened to us so when we see, for example, Muslims in their practice, Ramadan, introducing imsak, you find a period set in the calendar of some countries, in some places, that before the beginning of the dawn, of Fajr, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, there is a period called Imsak, in which you are to stop eating. 15, 10 or 15 minutes before the Suhoor time ends, people have put this buffer zone called Imsak. This is innovation. 
The intention might be good. A person said, well, you know, we're trying to discourage people from eating right up until the Adhan of Fajr. But hey, Prophet Muhammad didn't do that. He told people, if you are eating and drinking up till the Adhan of Fajr, and the Adhan goes, you have something in your hand, finish it. Before, after the Adhan is gone, you are still at a glass, drink it, finish it. That's what the Prophet ﷺ said. So if there was a worry, he would have been the first to say, stop before. Of course, some of us, looking at the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, he said, if the Adhan goes and you have a vessel in your hand, that you should eat from it, what you desire or drink from it before putting it down. So we hold in our arms a big bottle of water and a plate of food with a tray. And so after the Adhan goes, we're still eating and drinking. And okay, that's another extreme. That's an extreme misinterpretation of what the Prophet ﷺ was speaking about. We are told not to eat or drink. Some people say, well, okay. You know, whilst we're fasting, we get saliva in our mouths. So, if you swallow the saliva, you'll be drinking. So, they will gather up the saliva and pouches in their mouth until they find out and they spit. So you find them through Ramadan, they're spitting all the time. Fear of swallowing their saliva. Again, extremes. And of course it makes the religion difficult. The Prophet ﷺ didn't tell us to do this. Saliva is already a part of your system. It's inside your system. You can swallow your saliva. It's not a problem. But this is people. And this has become the overall image of Muslims today. That our religion in its various elements have become distorted and we are caught up in extremes. Either extremes in not doing what we're supposed to do or extremes in doing more than we're supposed to do. And we harm ourselves and we harm others. Because we present a false image of Islam to the world. We are supposed to be conveying the message of Islam, the true message of Islam, as brought by Muhammad wasallam, but instead we are conveying a distorted image of Islam throughout the world. So what it is that Allah has blessed us with, which is needed by the nations of the world today, we cannot present. They wouldn't want to listen to us because we are who we are, the downtrodden nations.
the underdeveloped nations of the world. So my brothers and sisters, in this month of Ramadan, we know this is the month of the Qur'an. Shahr Ramadan alladhi unzila feehi al-Qur'an. Hudan bin-Nas. The month of Ramadan in which the Qur'an was revealed as guidance to humankind. In this month, let us engage in exposing ourselves to this guidance. To get back to that prophetic way as taught in the Qur'an itself. Let us read more of the Qur'an as we usually do, but let us reflect more. Let us strive to understand the Qur'an. Not just to complete a Jews every day or two Jews so we can say at the end of Ramadan, I completed one whole Qur'an or two. If it is that we are only able to read Surah Al-Baqarah, but we have understood Surah Al-Baqarah, then know that is better than having read the whole of the Qur'an and not understood what Allah was telling us. Let's get away from that extreme the extreme of parroting the words of the Qur'an and not getting the message which Allah has put into the Qur'an. That is an extreme. That's extremism in our religion where we have turned reading the source of guidance into a ritual act of sounds Letters, words, music. We prefer this reciter over this reciter. Sudais over Shurayim, over Abdul Basit, or this one and that one. Why? Because it sounds nicer. Is that what it's about? So we are choosing the recitations to listen to because we find one more musically appealing than the other. Well, it is true. Prophet ﷺ had said, one who doesn't beautify his voice with the Qur'an is not of us. So beautification of the voice with the Qur'an, the recitation of the Qur'an, is from the Sunnah. But that wasn't the goal. The goal was the message of the Qur'an. And that's what we need to be focused on. This is where the deen is. These are the parameters of the deen. It is the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the eternal message that we should be striving to 
familiarize ourselves within this month as much as we can. With that, inshallah, we will be able to return to that straight path. To justly deserve that divine description, Ummatan Wasata. I ask Allah to bless Prophet Muhammad and his family and to bless all those who would follow him. I ask Allah to make us among his true followers, those who love him and those who obey him. I ask Allah to forgive our acts of disobedience of the past and to keep us firmly on the straight path of Islam. I ask Allah to forgive our parents, those who have passed, those who have died. Forgive them for their sins and put them in paradise. I ask Allah to protect our children, our families from misguidance and extreme views in religion. I ask Allah to keep us all in a way, Siratul Mustaqim, following it till we leave this world. Aqimus Salah.